Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Father, and I just bless your holy name. I pray now, Father, that you give me the words of wisdom and guidance and direction as I move into the spirit realm, dear God, to connect with you so that you can connect with your people through me. Give me the words that will bring life and encouragement to your people. Help them to to receive. Give them ears that they might hear, a heart to understand your truth. I pray that you hide me from me. I pray that you continue to work through me. And I give you all the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to uh, thank you all so much for allowing me and my wife to get away to uh, have some time alone. We definitely needed more time because that wasn't long enough. But anyway, we did get away. We just went to Hot Springs, and I thank God for you all being patient and faithful with that. God has been speaking to my heart. Uh, the last couple of weeks about uh, the condition of the church, and especially this church. And so today I just want to talk to you in laying the foundation for what we're getting ready to deal with, because I pray and hope that once this um, session or this series is over, you may increase in the area that God's telling me that we need to increase in. One of the things that God told me was that his people has lost confidence in him. I want you to hear that. His people has lost confidence in him. Meaning, you stop believing in him. You become religious. And your faith is inactive. And the enemy has done this because he does not want your faith active Because an active faith is a lively faith, is a faith that will connect with a living God. And you can receive things from God. We're moving into a time in the church where you can get things from God. This is an open heaven for you. But the enemy has short-circuited your faith so that your confidence is shot and your expectation is low. With that condition and that situation, as much as the heavens are open, It is impossible for you to receive anything from God because your faith is not active. So through this series, I hope to re-energize your faith, and not only to re-energize your faith, but get you to connect your faith with God so you can get the things that you've been asking God for that he's released for you so you can receive it. God's not a stingy God. He's a loving God. And you've been asking him for things, And he wants to deliver those things. Be it that there are some of you in here now who have been asking God for some things, and you see things begin to manifest in your life. You see him beginning to give you things and do the things that you've been asking him for. Even though they've been silent, God has been faithful. There have been some things that you thought about that God's releasing to you now to show you how faithful he is. So since you are receiving, I hope that you, by the time this is over with, that you get to a point where you're excited enough to be able to stretch out your faith and believe God for even more. So today, I know you all who all have credit cards. Have you all ever used a credit card before? You know they now got this creative measure to make you spend more money. 
They call it a reward system. Okay? So when you spend money, you get these rewards, and they give you more money. Okay? So it's a way to, to excite you, get you excited about spending money. Bottom line, if you're taking a lot of trips, you get these frequent flyer miles so that you can take more trips. Okay? Well, if the world is doing that, let's flip it and see what God is doing. When you use your faith with God, you know what God does? He gives you more rewards for using your faith. You missing this. Why well, I want to go back into worship just so that your spirit will open up. I need you to open up, sit up straight because I'm trying to speak something in your life that's going to get you in a better position with God. God has a reward system in place for Christians. The world ain't came up with nothing new. God always has that in there. There's a reward because you need to have your expectations enlightened. You can't come to an awesome God with no expectations. You ought to have something that you believe in for, something that you want for, but because we've got lazy and lackadaisy in big time frame, we don't expect nothing out of God. Really? As big as he is, as awesome as he is, he has all power. You mean to tell me you come to him with low expectations? You don't have all that God wants you to have. And you come to this awesome God with nothing expected. You're okay with how you're living. No, it ain't great, but you're okay with just being mediocre. Oh, come on. Come on. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's a difference. I am not like that. I want all that God has for me. Amen? And when I started looking at this and I started seeing how God was working, I realized that he had a reward system in place. I got excited about it. So, okay, God, since you got this system in place, I'm going to get in your system and not worry about what I'm trying to do. Amen? So what makes this system operative? What makes it work? If there's a reward system, then there's some things that I must do or maintain in order to get these points back that I need or get the, the, the things that the reward system has in place. Well, for the Christian, the, the reward program for every Christian is this, confidence. Confidence is the very thing that God spoke to my heart about that his folks don't have. Now, you have to ask yourself why you don't have the confidence that God wants you to have. Confidence is powerful. It has its own reward. Hebrews says, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But let me ask you this. You can put your confidence in anything. I was talking to my wife about that. And I say, I believe that confidence is transferable. I believe you can transfer your confidence. My wife made a statement a while back that I think some of you all got offended at because I got offended at the first time she said it. And I had to understand what God was saying. She said, she don't put all her trust in me. What? How dare you? As hard as I work to try to be faithful, as hard as I work to try to provide for this family, as hard as I work on my knees praying to God and believing God, you don't put your trust in me? She didn't say she didn't put her trust in me. She said she didn't put all her trust in me. And for some of you all who women live movement, you, you, you said, yes, baby sister girl, you right. <laughs> you, you're not even hearing the, the, the intent of her heart. She's saying that she cannot put all her trust in me or all her confidence in me because if she put all her confidence in me and I move or I go home to be with the Lord, then she's shot. Her most 
she's transferred most of her confidence or some confidence in me, but the bulk of her confidence is in him. That's where some of you all mess up at. You put all your confidence in your job, your knowledge, your children, your husband, your spouse. You put all your confidence in all these other things. And when you do that, you set yourself up to be hurt. You can't get mad at God because you chose to put your confidence in something else other than him. I told you this. People will change on you. They will change on you. Watch this. Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, from the King James Version. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has what? Great recompense of what? A reward. There's a reward system built into you keeping your confidence with God. But I can tell you, if you lose your confidence, if the devil can get your confidence in your marriage, in whatever, you know, on your job, man, he can take away your faith. And that's what's wrong with some of you right now. Your confidence is gone. Your ability that God can change this situation in your life is gone. And therefore, you're just going through the motions. You're miserable, and you're going through life miserable because your confidence is shot. Any situation that you come in, look at a job or, 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 or sports. You know, when, when, when I sit back and I look at sports and I see, I see a team that, 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 that's winning and the crowd's behind them, you know what that is? That's confidence. That's confidence. People need confidence, and they can feel it. They can thrive off of it. And the lack of it, you can lose everything. So I want you to think about it. Where's your confidence? Where's your confidence? Who have you put your confidence in? Some women won't even put their confidence in their husband at all. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just passionate. He always, he always, well, give him a little confidence. He's with you. Maybe that little bit may take him a long way. But you've got to start putting some kind of confidence in it. If it don't never wash your car, if it don't have to wash the grass, if it just come home, you're confident that he's going to get hungry. I need you to start stirring up your confidence because I'm going to show you where to put your confidence before this series is over with. Everybody has confidence. But you put your confidence in, some of you got your confidence in yourself. You're self-confident in all your confidence in self. But self going to get to a point where self can't help you out. And then you're going to be stuck with self. Okay? And then that's when you're going to find out how important God is to you. Let me tell you that confidence, I believe, is a very, very important thing. I believe so much that it's priceless. I, I got with my wife and I asked her some, some costs of some things that we, that we have today that we take everything for granted. And I found out a gallon of milk is about $3.75. A dozen, well, large grade A eggs, I had to get that right, is $2.70. Okay, I think a postage stamp may still be 49 cents. They might have been went to 52 now, I'm not for sure, or 55, who knows. Uh, a new car, uh, decent, nice car that you don't, you, know, you don't have to hide in the garage all the time, $32,000. You, know, you can buy a $1,500 car, but you'd be hiding it. You know? So, you know, if I'm talking about a real nice car, you'd be probably 32. But confidence. Baby, have you thought about it? Confidence 
is priceless. If you can get yourself together where you can pump yourself up with confidence, ain't no devil in hell can stop you because you're confident in yourself. The problem is, is that we don't put in the work to develop confidence. The reason why there's no way a team can go out there and, and play another team and they just start practicing this week and the big game is Friday and you start practicing on Monday, but this other team been practicing for a whole year. They have the confidence that they're going to tear your tail up. Why? Because they put in the work. The problem is that you don't have confidence in God because you won't put it in the work. You just want to wake up with confidence. You just want to wake up and have this relationship with God that God's going to do what God's going to do regardless of what you do. Baby, it's called relationship. Relate. God wants to relate with you so that you can start learning who he is so that you can build your confidence up on what he can do for you. God can't do nothing for you because you don't have confidence that he can do it. You can't even get your bills paid without confidence. You're going to have to build your confidence up. When he spoke that word to me, my people have lost their confidence in me. Of all people, they have lost their confidence in me. You lost your confidence in your God. He has become an idol to you, something that you don't even worship. You don't adore him. You just visit him. That is not the way this relationship works. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. He wants to be all that you can do. Everything that you live, do, and have your being should be in him. You should depend on him so much that you can't do without him. All your confidence should be in God. Then you'll know how to share it or allow other people to do some other things for you because you got your confidence settled already. According to Webster, this is the definition for confidence. A reliance or trust. A trusting relationship. A feeling of self-assurance. Think about your relationship with God. A reliance and trust. Do you rely on God? Do you trust in God? And don't, and don't, get away from the churchy atmosphere, the churchy mindset. And don't stop, stop asking these questions and not expect an answer from yourself. Demand that yourself answer this question. Do I have a reliance upon God? Am I really relying on him or am I relying on my ability or what they have told me? Or I'm really relying on somebody who can change this situation. You wonder, yeah, it sounds like I'm getting the faith because I am. I am, going, I am going to take you there. You have not because your confidence is not there. My wife has certain confidence in me because I'm going to come home, I'm going to do my best. She can put that confidence in me because I have proven myself. But if I falter the bucket of her confidence in God, she can go to God, God, what are we going to do about him? He slipped, he fell, he messed up, he did this, he did that, he didn't come through on this one, but God, what are we going to do? Why? Because you're my source. She has a relationship with God that supersedes my relationship with her. 
And until I can be better than God, I can't argue with her about where she put the bug of her confidence. She has found the greater one to put her confidence in, somebody who is greater than me to put her confidence in. And why did she find him? Because he said, I looked to find somebody who was greater than me, and I found none, so I swore by my own self. That's what God said. So there was nobody greater than God. She found God and put her confidence in God. Somebody who was not going to forsake her, who was not going to let her down, who was not going to mistreat her, somebody who wasn't going to walk off from her, who would be with her in thickness and in thin, within health and sickness, no matter what come or what will. He has proven himself. And I can't get mad at her for putting her confidence in God. I've got to get like God. I've got to try to be the best that I can be so that she can put a little of that confidence that she had in God in me. There's no way I can supersede God. But since I'm your man, I'm going to act like God so you can start trusting me with a little bit more confidence. It's going to be something that you earn, baby, that you're going to work for. Stop expecting people to put confidence in you, and they don't even know you. They've been with you for 20 years, but they don't know you. Mm-hmm. Or they might know you. That's why they don't put their confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting warm here to anybody but me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So as we begin to look at this thing on confidence, I want to make sure you understand exactly where we're going and where we're headed. So confidence is a, a reliance, a trust, a trusting relationship. How many of you all ever been in a relationship before? Some of y'all had. Some of y'all just, y'all in shock. <laughs> a relationship is something that's supposed to benefit you, okay? And in a relationship, it's just that. You relate to people. You relate to this person. And not all relationships are going to be up here. There are times that a relationship is going to go down here. But yet and still... You are in it to relate to whatever happened. We miss it sometimes in a relationship because we want to relate to you where we are and we want you to stay right there because that's what's best for us. But when it takes a sour turn, you still have to learn to relate to those sour issues in your life. God steps on the scene and says, you know what? I am good all the time. Even though you're inconsistent, I'm still going to be God because I can be none other than myself. So if you want consistency in your life, you need to build a relationship with something who cannot and will not change on you. Your faith and your confidence has to get in God where you can be able to trust God that God can handle your situation when you can't do nothing with it. Not only a relationship, but a feeling of self-assurance. Do you feel comfortable in your relationship with God? Do you feel confident that your relationship with God is tight? Because if it's not, something has happened. An enemy has been destroying your confidence. And you've got to look back over your life and see how he's been destroying your confidence, how he's been stealing for you. It could be that he got you into some sin. Because if you're in some sin and you know it, you can't have confidence in God. You can't even pray for me if you know you're in sin. You can't pray for your children. Something bad happened to your children, and you've been messing up. You can't have confidence to pray. You can't do that. 
So he's stealing from you, and you don't realize it. He's getting you to enjoy sin for a season or enjoy this thing that you're involved in. But guess what? He's robbing from you all the time. Because he knows you're going to have need of confidence. But confidence has a reward system intact. And because you enjoy sin, you now can't rise up when something happened in your house. You can't feel confident that God is going to do who he, or be who he said he's going to be. Because the enemy has tricked you. He has deceived you. He has messed you up. And now when the chips are on the table, when you've got to call on this God, he's reminding you of how slothful or how low down you've been. How unfaithful you've been. And now you want to call on the power of God. And guess what? If people around, you still fake the funk. You still try to pretend like you connected. You still try to join hands. You still try to pray. But that confidence is gone. And nobody knows but you and God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. You can't make him happy if you don't have the faith. And your faith is taken away because your confidence is gone. That works in every area of your life, whether you are a child or you are an old adult. If the enemy can get your confidence, baby, he renders you ineffective. You're still living, but you're not effective. You have access to power, but you can't do nothing with it. You have a form of godliness, but no power to live it. Your confidence is gone. You're still living, but you hollow inside. You come to worship, but you can't worship. You're in church, but church is not in you. God loves you, but you're alienated from him. Confidence is priceless. It's priceless. And you're letting the devil steal it from you over something stupid. You might hide it from everybody else, but the devil knows he got his hand in your pocket. And when it's time for you to make a withdrawal, there's nothing to withdraw. You're empty, you're lifeless, and you sit back and you watch the enemy destroy everything around you because you don't have the confidence to do nothing about it. You're just as helpless as a man in a house, a a mansion, a fortress. But a thief has come in and you have nothing to defend yourself with. So you become, you resort to hiding in your own house. You don't have any confidence. You have nothing to stop them with. That's what I see in the spirit. I see, I don't know why it's men, but I see men running for cover because they're afraid of the intruder. They don't have a gun. They don't even have a baseball bat. 
In the spirit, God's saying, you have no confidence. So your defense systems are down. You are vulnerable. You're weak. You're not capable. Your confidence is gone. God's not willing to leave you in that situation. He's called me to teach you what's going on so that you can regain your composure, so that you can get back in the fight and you can do what's right. God wants you to put your confidence in him. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and what? Confidence. Blessed are those who what? Trust in the Lord. How do I know I trust in the Lord? Because you're doing what he tells you to do. If his word says, we were in a uh, class this morning, uh, Brother Sean and his wife taught the class, and they did an awesome job, and they were just simply talking about how to, to be able to trust in people and how to put your confidence, they didn't say confidence, but in my mind while they was teaching, I can understand everything that God was saying. And what God wants you to do is to find a way that you can work with me long enough that you can believe me long enough that, that, that your confidence can rise to a level that you can be assured that what you asked me for, I can deliver. Amen? Amen. I was about to say something, but I, re- I refrain from that one. Uh, but God's considering your situation, your condition, and he wants you to put your confidence in him. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you the scripture. I, I, I start not to, but I'm going to give it to you because God put it on my heart, and I want you to see it. Amen? Watch this. Read it. Turn that air back down. It's getting too cold. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth, like walking on a lame foot. It's going to cause you some pain. It's going to hurt you. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth. God said, you can put your trust in them folks if you want to, but This is the situation that you're having. Well, now, Pastor, it sounds like you're contradicting yourself because you tell me to put trust over here. But if I put trust over here and this rascal let me go, let me down, act a fool on me, then I qualify for that scripture. I ought to be hurt. So, Pastor, how do I handle this? How can I put my confidence in my mate, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, when they are unreliable? How do I do that? How do I keep building myself up for a letdown? How do I keep setting myself up for failure? Let me show you. Go back to that first script, not the first one, the one I gave you right before that one. Watch what God is saying to you. Blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed 
are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. My hope and confidence is what Miss King was trying to get you to say is in God. But now what I'm going to do, I'm going to break you off a little of that and trust you with it. I'm going to first trust you. Here, here's a little bit, Miss King. I'm going to first trust you to, uh, to come home at night. I didn't say you had to come at 10 o'clock. You might come at 2 or 3 o'clock, but I got enough confidence that you're going to come home. Okay? All right. Now, God, I thank you that this fool came home. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, but he came home. So, God, I thank you for it. You see what I'm saying? You let people earn their confidence in you. You hear me? Your confidence is in God. And when they come home and they surprise you because you gave them a little bit of a confidence, God, I thank you that you brought them home. So where's your confidence? Because if he don't come home, well, God, I know you still got him. I thank you for keeping them. They'll eventually get hungry, and they'll come home. So I thank you, God. And you can still live on. Your faith is not shipwrecked. Okay? But because she did come home, I can now trust her with a little bit more. Come home at 9 o'clock. Okay? I'm trusting her more and more. But you've got to have enough faith that you're putting out there to start trusting. Okay, you didn't come home? Okay. I'm going to take that one back, baby. You ain't ready for that yet. Okay? All right? I'm going to pray for you now because I'm blessed. See, see, I'm blessed. You had a home to come to because I'm blessed. My confidence in God, so therefore he's going to perfect everything that concerns me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay. You stay out and act a fool if you want to. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm blessed because I'm believing what he said. I, my confidence is in him, so I'm blessed. There's a scripture that my wife had to explain to me. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor of the Lord. Because you found me, Mr. Calvin, that's why your favor is on your life. I said, baby, I never looked at it like that. So I have to really keep you close because that's where my favor is coming from, huh? Oh, yeah, teach Miss King. I felt like it coming from my... That's what I'm talking about. I hate that song. Let me lead it and go back to my confidence. <laughs> my goodness. Anyway, the, I, I thought somebody said the Bible's not used for any private interpretation. But anyway, so watch this now. Putting your confidence in an unreliable person in a time of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Okay? If you know that they're unreliable, you have to put your faith out there and trust God that they're going to rise up. Now, God can deal with that person much better than you can, okay? So that's just for whoever is listening, whoever's going through some stuff. I'm telling you how to do it, okay? You have to be, do the, if they pay the bill, put confidence in the fact that they pay the bill, all right? If, 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 if they wash your car, put confidence that they can wash your car, okay? Start putting confidence where confidence can be handled and where it can be a, a, a tool that you can, you can inspire them to be better. Okay? All right. Now, watch this. We're getting a little bit deep into confidence now. Faith, and this is from the New Living Translation, faith is the confidence 
King James says, substance. It is the confidence that what we hope for, watch this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So watch this. Faith is, and go back to my definition I gave you on confidence. And remember, this is foundational stuff so that you can try to catch on. So I'm not trying to go fast. I'm trying to get you to catch this. So faith is reliance or trust, a trusting relationship that I have with God, a feeling of self-assurance. So faith is now a reliance that I have on God. It's a trust that I have in God. It's my relationship with God. It's feeling self-assurance. Guess what? For some of you all, your faith or the word of God is not profiting you because you're not mixing with faith. Therefore, there's a missing ingredient in your life that is causing things to malfunction in your life, and you're going without. That ingredient that you're missing is your confidence. Your faith is not operable because your confidence is low. You cannot operate in faith unless your confidence rises to the level of what you believe in God for. So if the word is not profiting you, it's because your confidence is shot. The Bible says the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Well, Pastor, I, I believe that with your confidence in what you're believing is low. You say you're believing, you're using God's word, but your confidence in that word is not up to the level where it needs to be. So therefore, your faith can't catch a hold. It can't pull you out of the mud. It can't produce for you. I have confidence in God that if I set my mind on something, I'm going to do it. I will make it happen because my confidence in God that I'm not doing anything that he could be ashamed of, that I would embarrass him about. So therefore, if I ask him of something, I have an assurance I can get it. You understand? So I got a relationship with God that I cherish, that I hold heart to, that I'm looking to to make it better because I don't want to get to a point where I need something and can't get it because I'm not living up to it. I cannot allow what I want in life or what I think I want in life to hinder my faith and cause me to lose confidence in what God can do for me. Most of you all sitting here right now, God can do even greater work for you and through you if you would do right. If you would live right, your confidence would take you to another level. God is a personal God in a relationship with you where he's telling you little things that's going on in your life that you won't listen to. And why is he telling you this? He's telling you this because he's trying to get your confidence that if you do what's right, he's going to bless you. When the blessings start coming, is a reward system involved. Oh, I'm doing right. I'm getting this. Let me keep on doing right. Let me keep on. And your relationship with God gets stronger and stronger and stronger. But if you don't start somewhere with God, you're going to end up nowhere with God. You've got to start with a little thing. He may be telling you to pray a little while longer. He may tell you, I'm going to wake you up in the morning. Get ready for it. It may be 3 o'clock. God, I wasn't ready for that. Your confidence gone. 
If he drops it into your spirit that he's going to do it, look for him to do it. Expect him to do it. And when he does it, you realize, man, God is really real. Yes. He's been trying to get you to understand that he is real. You've got to learn to believe even though you don't see him. And the only way you're going to do that, you start walking this walk with him. You start developing this relationship, and then you have confidence. Oh, yeah, he real? No, baby, don't mess with me. Why? Because he perfects everything that concerns me. Uh -uh, Don't get twisted with me. Why? Because he's a a jealous God. You know, and I can't control him. (laughs) He does what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to. He's sovereign. Your confidence starts taking you to another level. Then you ask for stuff and you expect for it to come to pass. How are you going to ask for something? How are you going to pray about something and don't expect for it to happen? For an example, watch this. For example, that was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no greater, like I told you before, there was no one greater to swear by. God took an oath by his own name. And that's bad. That's somebody there. He wanted to make a promise. He wanted Abraham to know, look, I know you old and your wife old. Ain't nothing y'all can do. He said, I'm going to show you this. If I give you a promise, I'm going to stand behind it. Tell you what, Abraham, let me go try to find somebody who's greater than me that I can swear by to make sure this happens. Because when you swear by something, you put somebody else who's greater than you to hold you accountable to make sure you do it. God said, I'm going to see if I can find somebody who's greater than me because I want you to know when I promise you something, I am going to do it. So Abraham, hold on. God came back throughout all the universe and said, Abraham, I couldn't find nobody who's greater than me. So Abraham, guess what? I swear by my own sin. <laughs> see, so you got to have a relationship with God to be able for him to talk to you like that. I search the universe, everything out there, and everything answered to me. Everything had to pay homage to me. Everything had to look at me. Everything is depending on me. So there's nobody greater out there. So I swore by my own self that I was going to bless you. So you put your confidence in me, Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I, I will certainly bless you, Abraham. And I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers. Abraham waited. What? Patiently. Why? Because he had an oath. He had a promise from God. He had a promise from the Lord. And he was able to wait on it. It took him 25 years. He said, God, you know what? I'm not letting you off the hook. You promised me something, and you got to deliver it. What did Abraham have that we don't have confidence? He had confidence that God could not lie. So he said, you know what? I don't know how long it takes, but I'm going to watch you. Because you're going to have to do this. You swore by it. And I'm going to hold you to it, God. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. All right? And that was good. Abraham waited patiently, and he what? Received what God has promised. What has God promised you? What has he promised you? What have you found in his word that he wants you to have? Did he want you to have health and healing? Did he want your children blessed? Did he want your finances blessed? Well, but, but, but see, Pastor, that's the problem. That was talking, he was talking to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. There it is. 
And now that you belong to Christ, how many belong to Christ? Don't fake it now, baby. Uh You don't know if you belong to him. Let me stop right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, repeat after me. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sins. You rose for my salvation. All right, I accept you as Lord of my life. Get with Christ, amen? Amen. Because there's a whole lot of reward systems that are getting ready to take place right now. We're moving into a season where God's doing some awesome work. If you don't sense it, that's your fault because I feel it, baby, and I'm getting mine. This building was just a start of what God got for me. And don't be mad at me. Don't be judging me because when you start seeing me have some stuff in life, because I asked him for some stuff. I don't want to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Not when he paid that great of a price. He gave his only son for me, and I won't get nothing else out of life but the fact, keep me near the cross. No, baby, I want to move away from that cross now. I'm ready to live life. I'm ready to enjoy life. I'm ready to have life and have it more abundantly. I'm tired of living on that side of the track. I want to walk on the streets. Forget them tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm ready to move up in this thing. And just like Abraham had a promise, I've got a promise from the Lord. Now, if you didn't let Abraham down, the doggone, I know you ain't going to let me down. So I got confidence and you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I'm going to look good, I'm going to dress good, and my wife going to have what she wants to have. So you just sit back and you watch. Sit, sit back and patiently watch what happens. I got some confidence. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. Everything that Abraham got, you got it. And not only that, but some other stuff that God done promised you because Abraham died before you were born. So therefore, God gave you Abraham's promises. That's why you are an heir. You got everything that Abraham got, and then you got everything that Christ left you. Now, you tell me you ain't got no confidence? How can you have all these reward systems in place, all this inheritance, and you walking around busted, disgusted, confused, upset, and mad because somebody else got more than what you got? You looking at them and your confidence in what they doing. What about what he wants to do in your life? You ain't got no need to be jealous of nobody. Why? Because you can have the same God that they have. I don't think you're supposed to have all that. Why not? You don't know how hard I work to fight against temptation. You don't know how hard I work to do the right thing. I ought to get a reward for this, baby, because I've been working. I put in some work. I put some work into this. You get jealous if you want to. I'm going to keep stepping up because uh-uh, I'm not going to go back and mess up because you don't want to see me blessed. I know how to get my blessing. Just walk up right before him and he'll withhold no good thing from me. There you go, Doc. There it is. There it is. There it is. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm getting mine. You can get jealous of me if you want to. I'm going to look at you and keep smiling. Bless you. <laughs> sick it, sick it. <laughs> you don't like me this week. Next week, you really won't be able to stand me. I done got hooked onto something now, and I'm happy with it. I'm on another level. Talking about we like crabs in the bucket. Baby, I done got out the bucket. 
Yep, you sure can. Mm -hmm. So since I'm Abraham and everything, I'm an heir of Abraham, and not only I'm an heir, but what Abraham had, Abraham blessed belongs to me. You hear that? Go back to that scripture again. Abraham blessed belongs to you. I'm going to hit you with something that if you don't watch it, you're going to feel like you don't deserve it. One of the blessings that God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to make your name great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make your name great. Uh-huh. People are going to know you. They're going to know you. Baby, y'all just don't know it. Y'all, people don't. People, when y'all say, you know, Pastor King, Calvin King, Elder King, whatever you want to call them, they say, yeah. yeah. You know him? Amen. Can you hook me up with him? Can you get him to call me? Amen. He said it. Yeah. I'll make your name great. And I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. You go, God. You can do that for me. Amen. You do it then, God. Make my name great. People know me. They say, yeah, that man trustworthy. That man reliable. They put their confidence in me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ought to tell y'all some stuff, but I ain't telling you nothing. You just watch. You just watch and see. You just watch. He's performing some work. He's doing some stuff in me that's going to make you jealous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it like that, but because you won't use your faith and your confidence, I'm going to use mine. And if it provokes you to jealousy, then I hope it gets you jealous enough that you get mad enough that you go to God and say, God, I want my stuff. And I'm willing to walk upright to get it. I'm willing to put in some work to get it. Don't let me leave you in the dust, because I will. And pray for you. God, get some dust out their eyes. Send them some water. All right. But watch this. This is the last verse I'm going to give you today. 1 John chapter 5. I mean, chapter 5, verse 14. Thank you. 1 John 5, verse 14 through 15. King James Version. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if I ask some things, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. That if I ask anything according to his will, he's listening to me. I can ask anything. I found something in the scripture that he said he was going to make my name great. So God, I want my name to be great. It's not pride. I say, I told you. You don't know how to handle this? You won't know how to deal with it. It's a blessing. God owns everything. He's not intimidated with me being great. You hear me? He made Abraham so great that the children of Israel couldn't come to God unless they called on the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how great. He put his name, Abraham's name, next to himself and wasn't intimidated. 
So God not intimidated would make your name great in Mississippi and Tennessee and Arkansas, wherever you may, from Timbuktu, wherever you're from. Everybody in them little hills would know who you are. Everybody on your street, pass by your street. Yeah, they live there. He'll make your name great. And since I know this, I'm claiming that promise. Pastor, you don't need to do that. People are going to think, I can't help what they think. I can't do nothing with what they think. I'm just going to live it. And I'm going to expect it. I expect people to favor just to overshadow me. I expect the blessings just to overtake me. That's another thing I found in his word. He said, these blessings, he said, if you walk up right before me, I will withhold no good thing from you. These blessings shall overtake you. I expect to be overtook. Overtook. Overtake, overtook. Same thing, right? <laughs> I'd rather be overtook than undertaken. <laughs> Y'all stop. All right, let me finish this scripture. <laughs> Y'all acting crazy. Watch this. That's what most of your problem is right there. You have no confidence that he hear you. Because of the way you've been living, the way you've been acting, you had not been developing this relationship, so you're not sure that, they, that he hear you. That's why you're screaming, Lord, you know you hear me. Come on, Lord. I'm not deaf that I cannot hear. My eyes are not blind that I might not see. He said, well, you know what the problem? Your sins have made me dull in my hearing. The way you live and make me not want to pay attention to you. He said, but if you repent and build this relationship with me, I'll open my ears. And in blessing, I will bless thee. See, when we lose confidence in God, he does not lose his ability. He loses his availability. Tweet that out. <laughs> when you get in your mess, God does not lose his ability. <laughs> you lose the availability. He's no longer available to you. You just shut down your supply line over some mess. And now he's not here. But for those of you who are, and he says, you hear, oh, God. And we know that if he hears us, some of the things that we ask for, did you hear that? Baby, you, how many of you have ever had a blank check? You got one now. You have one now. God say, if you doing right, if you got some confidence in me, and you ask anything according to my word, whatever you ask, you got that petition. You're going to get it. I'm going to make it happen. 
Some of y'all been asking God for some stuff and don't look like it's been coming. God said, put your confidence back in me. Believe that. You know what? Let me ask you a simple. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Some of y'all don't say Kobe. Kobe got his move from Mike. Quit playing. And Mike actually got here from Dr. J. And Dr. J got here. But anyway, Michael, everybody accept. Okay? Everybody, all right. But, but, but do you know why they give him the ball? Confidence. Confidence in this man. And they have the nerve to put three guys on him. But you're going to lose them. You're going to leave them open. Put them on Mike. Put all three of them on Mike. But you're going to put them on Mike. Why? Because he's going to get the ball. How do you know? Everybody know it. People in the stand know it. You're not even at the game. You're watching on the TV. You know who's going to get the mic, who's going to get the ball. Everybody know Mike going to get the ball. So where is that telling you? His confidence is in Mike. I don't care what happens. If he misses it, who's going to miss it? Mm-hmm. Yep, if he misses it, he's going to rebound it. He can shoot a three-pointer at the, half, halfway, at, at the half-court line. If he misses it, he's going to be there to dunk it back in. Give it to Mike. Let him do whatever. Everybody else just get out the way. They do this thing. They call a play, and they clear it out. Everybody know. You go to this corner, I, go, I give Mike all the room he needs. And I feel sorry for the fool who's trying to guard him. Why? Because I can put my confidence in Mike. God says, can I put my confidence in you? You trying to put your confidence in God, God asked the question, can I put my confidence in you? Can I trust you to do the right thing with all this power? Can I trust you to handle your business? Can I trust you to walk upright before me so that you don't make me look bad by putting my confidence in you? Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.